Good evening, cruisers, or should I say, Aloha Ahiyahi cruisers. Welcome back to Cruising on the Cutting Edge. Tonight, ladies and gentle cruisers, we will explore the world of nano energy, where we have heard that researchers at the University of Hawaii are forging the cutting edge on the way to harvest energy from your sweat. Thank you so much for tuning in to Cruising on the Cutting Edge. I am Wellington Froelich, your host and faithful driver, leading us from one harrowing world to the next, trying to make sense of all the potential changes ours will, uh, will experience when they merge. Last week, we dove into some robot control algorithms and how they are trying to predict calamities in drone flight paths and other systems uh, and I was thinking how the next time you rear end someone you know, bump into them on the highway or whatever and it turns out they're quite attractive you could tell them that they were so distracting your autonomous vehicle <laughs> cough Prius cough <laughs> uh, couldn't compensate and drove you right into them but you're working on that so <laughs> this week we are getting in uh, the biggest boat car we can find and cruising on over to the lovely island state of Hawaii where they are making one of my favorite childhood dreams come true. The still suit from the Dune Chronicles. But before we start driving, let's fuel up with a few announcements. First off, I am super excited to announce today that I have reconnected with a great college friend. Her name is Zoe. She is the co-host of a podcast called The Maniculum Podcast, where they read medieval texts, explain them in their context, and then turn them into fantastic role-playing games like D&D scenes and the like. Uh, but I'll let her explain it better. Want to spice up your tabletop role-playing game? Enamored with finding the weirdest tales history has to offer? Or just procrastinating on that essay? Check out the Maniculum Podcast, where we point the finger back at the Middle Ages. We're your hosts, Mac and Zoe, two post-grad medievalists dedicated to finding the weirdest and wackiest moments of medieval literature and using them to our advantage. In each episode, we read a new medieval text, explain its cultural context, poke some fun at its shenanigans, and adapt it for modern storytelling and tabletop role-playing campaigns. Whether you're an academic looking for obscure citations or a GM looking for new ways to torment your players, the Maniculum Podcast has you covered. We've even compiled all our historically inspired homebrews and some useful articles on our website, themaniculumpodcast.com. Listen to our fortnightly podcast for free on iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred podcasting app now. Stay safe, stay sane, and we hope to see you there. I know a lot of my listeners are into D&D, so if you uh, enjoyed their little preview, do go check them out. They're on all the platforms I can think of, and um, join their Discord as well. It's super fun, and enjoy. Lastly, I want to mention that you can reach me at cruisingwithwellington at gmail.com. That's C-R-U-I-S-I-N. 
cruising with wellington at gmail.com or twitter instagram or linkedin just look for my name wellington frolic follow me with uh uh with your friends for photos news from the cutting edge and making fun of the world of tech So, cruisers, let's sink down into our red leather 1973 navy blue Cadillac Fleetwood 75 nine-passenger sedan and buckle up for a pop over the other pond to the University of Hawaii. When we arrive, we draw quite a bit of attention by the beachgoers who have just been interrupted by a massive tank storming their beach. Amid the confusion about a potential Pearl Harbor 2, we are able to ditch the vehicle, strip down to shorts to blend into the Honolulu crowd, and slink into the University of Hawaii labs where we find a student has left the door unlocked and the windows wide open. I mean, why wouldn't? Why, who wouldn't? <laughs> In this April 2020 paper titled Triboelectricity-based self-charging droplet capacitor for harvesting low-level ambient energy energy by Jian Yu and Tian Wei Ma. Hashtag brain cramped. We discover how they have worked out to take small vibrations in the environment and convert it to energy through droplets of water. First, ladies and gentle cruisers, we will flip-flop down Theory Lane. And then we will stroll through hardware and testing square. And finally, we will slip back into our boat car to the on-ramp to the future. So my first question was, of course, how do the electrons move to create a current? That is the basic idea behind all generators. And I'm going to go into quite a lot of explanation uh, to, uh, to, to answer that. Their little device is like a domino block made up of three layers. A water droplet sits on top of one half of this domino block and through surrounding vibrations, jives its way back and forth from one half to the other. So that's the basic simple action that's happening here. The idea is analogous to rubbing your hands on a pair of jeans fresh out of the dryer. The you know electrostatic shock that you release when you touch your little sister's head is a release of pent up electrons on the surface of your hands or on the jeans. Here, the process of rubbing the water droplet on this domino device creates a sort of carrot and donkey situation for electrons. When the drop starts out on the wafer, there's no charge uh, moving except for the lack of charge in the doped silicon layer at the bottom. So this is the bottom layer. We've talked about these before. They're um, used in lots of things, but most notably in solar panels. They can be positively or negatively doped to have different built-in uh, built charges. So when the drop rubs across the top layer, the charge in the bottom layer moves with it. The top layer is where the innovation happens. It consists of two materials. One half is covered with a material called Cytop, and the other with PTFE. There are several reasons why the researchers built it using these materials. Number one is that they're both hydrophobic, so they don't absorb the water, but rather let it move freely. 
Number two, which is probably the most important reason, is that they have different surface charge densities when they come in contact with water. So this means just like when you rub your hands on those genes, electrons from your genes and protons on the surface of your hand, I can't actually quite remember if it's the other way around, but move they move closer together. However, these materials are different in that more electrons will gather at the surface in PTFE than in Cytop. So if you had like a pair of dark genes and a pair of light genes, this is probably not the case, but comparatively, there might be more electrons on the dark genes than there are on the light genes. So this creates an interesting effect where the protons in the doped silicon wafer at the bottom layer notice the heavier electric charge on the PTFE side and the lighter electron load on the Cytop side and spread out accordingly. This in essence is a capacitor. The more protons you store opposite from electrons, the higher the capacitance. The way they realized they could do uh, and manipulate the capacitance in this device was by varying the thickness of the Cytop and the PTFE layers. So actually they make the Cytop layer thicker and the PTFE wafers thinner. The next step was relieving that charge to create a current. Pierce thin wire through the water droplet, the negative end, and solder it up to the doped silicon wafer, the positive end, and you've got a circuit. Hook up an LED and you can brighten your room. So that's the basic idea. One last neat thing I wanted to mention was that they were able to model this like an electrical circuit with diodes, capacitors and other standard electrical components and create a mathematical model of the circuit to predict the charge. And then through some quick calcs, they realized that their device could produce exponential growth in the electrical energy, barring something fun called dielectric breakdown. And that is what the middle layer is for. The middle layer is what prevents the charge seeping from the top layer to the bottom. But if, if too much builds up in the top layer where those, um, electrons are, it can make that jump regardless of what's in the way, much like how lightning discharges the electrons and protons and or ionized air in the clouds through the ground. So cruisers, I think it's time to move on to hardware and testing square. To make this domino generator, I call it, they took a two inch long doped silicon wafer that they bought and grew a 300 nanometer layer of tantalum pentoxide on top of which uh, is the, uh, on top, which is the blocker layer, this dielectric material. I couldn't find exactly how this is done, but I think it simply means they deposited the ingredients on top. They placed the last layer on top with an adhesive, I'm guessing, it wasn't explained at all. And then they baked it all together for 24 hours at about 100 C. Once they finished building it, they tried various electrical circuits. The first was to prove the concept by hooking up some applied voltage to the system to see if any sort of change could, a charge could be dissipated. Putting a probe into the water droplet, they got a reading of 21 point, uh, 29.1 volts 
after some time with their applied voltage of, uh, I believe it was, it was something less than that. <clears throat> then the water was slowly rocked about by eight degrees. And in just a few cycles, the voltage moved from zero all the way up to 53 volts. They were able to gather as much as 2.7 microjoules within 11 cycles. To put this in context and to explain why I got really excited about this paper, the researchers tested the domino generator with a shaking speed that mimicked human walking. This was enough to power up to 30 green LEDs for a split second when the system discharged. So every time the droplet switched sides, the LED would turn the LEDs would turn on. So folks, that was enough for me to understand that one of the key technologies in a favorite sci-fi novel of mine is one step closer to becoming reality and perhaps e being even cooler than it was imagined in, in the Chronicles of Dune. And those are the still suits. I hope you know what I'm talking about. Cruisers, this is a great time to jump island and get back in our boat car that hasn't moved an inch from where we left it to get back onto the current to the future. What do you think could produce energy with residual water droplets that jostle around? Are there other natural vibrations that you could think of that might produce energy like this? Well, first of all, still suits are body-fitting suits meant to help humans survive in the high deserts of the planet Dune, where the worms create the ever-precious and scarce resource of spice, which powers all sorts of navigation in space and, uh, and, and allows people to see in the future. Anyway... These still suits contain and collect all the water that, it, that you exude, including sweat, urine, water droplets from your breath. It cleans it and returns potable water. To do that, though, it may need power. So one way I was thinking to get that when you're out in the desert is to line your still suit with these layers or of, have a patch of it wherever you sweat the most. For me, it's the small of my crack. I mean, my back. You know, there. So I was also inspired by this paper when they mentioned that similar concepts using solid-to-solid solid and liquid-to-liquid liquid generators have been tested. I could think of a really neat gas-to-solid or gas-to-liquid energy conversion. Um, hypothetically, you could capture energy out of the air from sound waves. For instance, a really busy dining hall teams with conversation, unless you go to a computer science school or something like that. Stick a few of these domino batteries and let airwaves uh, from the ceiling hang them down and let the airwaves from conversation vibrate the water to allow them to generate the power to keep the lights on. Something like that. This could... This could be extremely uh, an extreme stretch because airwaves are very weak. But still, I've always wanted to capture that. Uh, th this could work against a steakhouse, mind you. When you know people want to eat, the lights would be dimmed, so you couldn't see your food. But then, when people want to chat romantically, the light would be on and stains would be visible. Um, <laughs> the problem 
The problem with this device, though, is that people uh, are so used to plugging their phone, their toaster, their vacuum into a wall and getting power from it. So what use would this be? Well, practically, it's really not meant for, for that at this stage. But consider solar panels. They only work when it's sunny. Uh, one thought ahead is you could line the other portion of your roof with this material, this tech, to generate power when it rains. Lastly, uh, I was thinking there could be some applications in cars, of course. This car, this is a car show, didn't you know? The amount of potholes in LA alone could power the whole city. Puns upon puns. So, <laughs> thanks again, Cruisers, for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, leave a review or rating wherever you tune in, please. Talk about and share this episode with your friends. An easy way to describe this to someone you want to impress is a triboelectric water droplet generator. Also, you can now reach me out, uh, reach out to me on, yeah, and you can reach me out on Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, and through my email, cruisinwithwellington at gmail.com. So that's C-R-U-I-S-I-N with Wellington at gmail.com. I hope you all had a wonderful, have a wonderful week. And I will see you back in the leather bucket seats next week.